Welcome to Butterfly Theories, a podcast where we explore how leaders can solve complex problems by creating sustainable solutions. This is episode two, where we will define what complex problems are. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Parent. I've always been curious and fascinated about helping others, especially leaders, solve the big, wicked and complex problems that have been challenging our communities and society. This podcast is my way to share what I found has worked and to invite you in joining me in leading in a new way. Since this is my second episode, I would like to take a moment to thank those who sent me feedback about my first episode. Your comments definitely gave me energy to invest in preparing more episodes for you. The feedback that came most often was about how many of you resonated with my message about not having a brain when I moved from being a consultant to an employee. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I recommend you go back and listen to it. Now, isn't it sad how many of us are working in organizations and how we feel disempowered? Let's collectively change that. The world needs all our brains and ideas to solve these big challenges. In this second episode, I thought it would be helpful to explain the difference between simple, complicated, and complex problems and how those differ from something chaotic. I sometimes find that these terms are used loosely, but they actually have different meanings and also require different approaches to be effectively resolved. I might also caution that I have friends either working or studying in these fields and I'm waiting for their feedback on what I have missed or confused in this episode. The content I will share was inspired by a Harvard Business Review article called A Leader's Framework for Decision Making by David J. Snowden and Mary E. Boone, published in November 2007. You will find a link to the article in the show notes. Okay, so let's get started. Simple problems are those that have a straightforward, direct solution because they are easy to understand. They require minimal problem solving and decision making because the cause and effect relationships are quite obvious to anyone observing them. They are usually bound by simple linear rules that you can directly control. In fact, Simple problems can be effectively managed by establishing best practices and documenting the process to solve the problem should it happen again. Good examples of simple problems could include the calculation of the area of a square, restocking a medication cabinet, cleaning a mess in the cafeteria, or scheduling an appointment for a simple clinic visit. Now, I won't spend more time describing simple problems as I want to spend more time on complicated, complex, and chaotic problems. So, complicated problems are those that have a number of solutions but require some form of analysis or problem solving to determine the best solution. They are usually bound by multiple rules and their behaviors can usually be explained by understanding the various cause and effect relationships, but those aren't obvious to everyone. To solve complicated problems, we typically need to rely on experts who have subject matter expertise to investigate, diagnose, and suggest approaches to resolve the issue. 
For example, um, one scenario that is often used to describe complicated problems is successfully launching a rocket into space. There are several components to manage that can be managed, and when they are managed well, you can expect to successfully launch the rocket. Solving a Rubik's Cube is also complicated. In fact, recently, my son and his friends at school invested time to study the Rubik's Cube solving algorithm by watching videos on YouTube. Once they figured it out, their goal was about who could solve a cube the fastest. So solving a Rubik's Cube is not simple, but if you study the algorithm, you can apply it and you'll succeed. In healthcare, performing a hip surgery would also be defined as a complicated problem where there are many factors to consider and where experts following their knowledge and experience of the procedure will be able to conduct an effective surgery. Typically, the learnings from one surgery can be applied to the next one, although each surgical event might present its unique challenges or consideration. Now, this is quite different from a complex problem. Complex problems are those that require a great deal of analysis and problem solving. They are characterized by a large number of interacting components, and the relationship between those components are characterized by nonlinear responses. In other words, we cannot describe them with a cause and effect statement. And if we can describe them, it's often more in hindsight. Minor changes to those interactions could produce disproportionately large consequences. Remember the butterfly effect I explained in episode one? Complex problems occur within complex systems that are never static and continuously evolving. So learning from a past occurrence cannot necessarily help us predict future behaviors as those new occurrences are potentially occurring in a slightly different context. We cannot understand a complex problem by reducing it to its parts and trying to understand each part to solve the problem. It must be considered as a whole. For example, raising a child is a complex endeavor. If you are a parent, you know that having had experience raising one child does not mean that you can apply those learnings to another child. Or even having effectively resolved a situation in the past with one child does not mean that the same situation will work the next week with that same child. The child, the parent, and the environment have changed since that last experience. Sure, Maybe effectively solving a situation with your child will help you with the next one, but the same solution likely won't work. Complex problems can be understood by observing the system's behavior, and these observations often require different perspectives from multiple individuals. So finally, let's contrast complex problems with chaotic problems. Chaotic problems are characterized by extreme complexity, unpredictability, and the lack of control. The relationship between the cause and effect are impossible to determine because they shift constantly and no patterns exist. In fact, you might never be able to relate the cause and effects. The events from March 2020, where the worldwide COVID-19 pandemic was announced, would be an example of a chaotic problem. 
Or responding to a large natural disaster is also an example of a chaotic problem. Often, chaotic problems are seen as crisis, and during those crises, it's not time for leaders to understand the patterns that led to the crisis, but to focus on reducing the impacts of the crisis. Because chaotic problems occur in complex systems, it is impossible to directly control the situation completely. Instead, we can influence and intervene and observe the effects of those interventions. If those interventions worked, we can continue. If they did not work, we must continue to experiment. This might help explain why the governments during the pandemic would often change their approaches or messaging based on how the system was responding to their interventions. When solving a complex problem, we can be patient and allow time for reflection. But when solving a chaotic problem, we don't have that luxury. Chaotic problems, while very challenging to address, also bring new opportunities to address past challenges. For example, the COVID-19 pandemic has allowed the acceleration of virtual care across many countries. This is fascinating to me. Think about it. Before the pandemic, the concept of virtual care was an interesting idea but so different from the current operating model that it was seen like significant effort to put into action. Once the pandemic hit, the operating model no longer existed. Patients couldn't safely go see their family doctor, and therefore, the need for virtual care emerged. Now, I invite you to start noticing how complicated and complex are often used interchangeably. And with the above explanations, I hope you now see they mean different things. While complicated and complex problems are both difficult to understand, they are very different. A complicated problem will be difficult to understand, but ultimately, we can, through learning, know how it works. And by knowing how it works, we can therefore determine a solution or solutions that would redirect the situation to behaving in the way we hope for. On the other hand, a complex system cannot be fully understood. There are simply too many variables and too many interactions between those variables to fully understand what is happening. This also means that we cannot fully control it. In a complex system, we can only influence it and observe how the system responds following an intervention. If the response aligns with our expectations, Maybe we continue with that approach, but if the response doesn't align with our expectations, we have to experiment with a different approach. Now, these explanations have been a bit too theoretical, so let's break this down with practical examples. As leaders, if we cannot determine whether we are working with a complicated or complex problem, we are likely not going to identify the effective approach to addressing those problems. Too often, leaders and business managers assume that something is complicated, and if it is complicated, then it means that it can be understood. And if it can be understood, then there must be a solution to it. The way I've seen this manifest itself is when leaders opt to hire consultants to solve the problems for them. In these situations, the consultants are viewed as experts 
who have previously been able to solve these kinds of problems and are likely able to solve this new problem. The leader or manager recognizes they don't understand what's happening but thinks someone else does. Or if there's no budget to hire consultants, the leader or manager might set up a small task force with really intelligent people from the organization to investigate, diagnose, and solve the problem. If the situation was in fact complicated, then whatever the consultants propose or the task force recommends, the solutions will effectively work to address the original problem. However, if the problem was in fact complex, those solutions from the consultants or the task force likely won't work, regardless of how smart, intelligent, or experienced those individuals were. Here's a story from when I was a consultant. A client approached us after having tried both approaches. The clients were looking to determine how to centralize services to better serve multiple departments. They hired a large consulting firm to conduct a series of interview, research best practices, and provide the client with a report outlining a proposed approach along with an implementation plan. The client was satisfied, and when they started explaining the solution to their peers, to their surprise, it was immediately faced with strong resistance and many reasons as to why the proposed solution would not work. Essentially, the clients were being told that the consultants were wrong. So they tried again. This time, they asked a small group of folks to come together and identify what would work instead. The small team set some time aside, isolated themselves, brainstormed solutions, and came up with another report outlining the ideal solution and next steps. The client was satisfied and went out promoting this new approach that was developed internally this time. Well, guess what? The clients were surprised to receive the same reaction. Again, there was significant resistance as to why the solution would not work and why it couldn't be done. There was no point trying to move ahead with this solution. By this time, there was pressure being put on the clients from their superiors wondering why nothing had been done yet. One of the clients remembered having recently participated in a large-scale engagement session led by my colleague and decided to give them a call to see if we could help them. You might be wondering, well, wait a minute, didn't you just say complex problems can't be solved by consultants, but they are calling you as a consultant to help them? Here's the difference. We were not consultants that brought content expertise to solve the problem or that were aware of what the best practices were to solve that problem. Don't get me wrong. Best practices and expertise have their place. But when you are solving a complex problem, it is very unlikely that you will find best practices for a problem that has the same context as yours, the same players as yours, the same challenges as yours. Each problem and each environment is unique. And in fact, these environments and systems are always evolving. We were process consultants with expertise in orchestrating processes to engage a large group of stakeholders in coming together to first clearly agree on what problem needed to be solved, what intended outcomes we should be driving for, 
and what factors needed to be considered when designing the best approach to achieving that outcome. You see, the problem with the previous approaches is that those in the system had not been engaged in collectively defining the problem together. So when a solution was presented by the consultants, some argued that it was not going to solve the problem they perceived, so it would not work for them. Or another case, others did not even agree that there was a problem and that the status quo worked for them. The first step in solving a complex problem requires identifying who needs to be engaged and beginning by facilitating conversations to get to a common definition of the problem. And it really does not matter if we believe we already have a clear understanding of the problem. This understanding must be shared with those who are impacted by the problem or who will be impacted by the proposed solution. Too often, this is a first step that is often missed by leaders and managers. We might be thinking that to save time, we just need to explain to others what the problem is. Sure, if we have a pretty good understanding of the problem, we can start by sharing our perspective and recognize that this is our perspective. Once we share that perspective, we must be willing to listen and be willing to change our perspective based on the new information others will contribute. Our perspective is then augmented by the observations, experiences, and knowledge of others. It becomes more complete. When more people share the same perspective of the problem and share a common vision of where to go next, they are also more likely to behave in a way that aligns with the expected intended outcomes we are collectively trying to achieve. And this is the part that is the most amazing when there is clarity about the problem and clarity on the intended outcome that is shared amongst a large group. They will start behaving in a way that supports the intended outcomes, just like having a compass without the need for a very detailed and linear step-by-step -step plan to address it. Remember, a complex problem is defined by multiple interactions which are almost impossible to understand as a whole. Coming back to our clients, we began helping them by facilitating a two-day session with 125 leaders from across the organization. It sounded like quite a feat. How could they invite 125 leaders to a session where many had already told them that what they were trying to do was impossible or not even a problem that needed to be addressed. At the beginning of the session, I still remember seeing so many participants entering the session a bit hesitant. Some sat down and listened to the opening remarks with their arms crossed, a bit distant. However, after two days of hard work, multiple conversations, and hundreds of pages of notes, we ended the two-day session with four solid recommendations of what needed to be done next to address the situation. In their closing remarks, some participants acknowledged they came on day one hesitant that anything productive would come out from the session. To them, 
the organization had tried to address the problem twice already, so why would this time be any different? However, by the end of the session, having heard the perspectives from multiple colleagues, having agreed on the collective benefits that would arise from moving forward in this direction, they were now convinced that this was the right thing to do and they would be returning to their respective teams and ensuring that their teams would support the initiative moving forward. This is what solving a complex problem sounds like. Now, how can we know if we are dealing with a complex problem? Here are the key indicators to look out for. First, there are many stakeholders that are impacted by the problem or that would be impacted by the proposed solution. Second, those stakeholders have many varied perspectives and lived experiences that must be considered in the design of the solution. Third, we know that there is currently no shared vision of the problem or how to address it. Fourth, we know that there's no easy way to come to a decision. We may need lengthy processes and many decision bodies. Fifth, the situation is new and has not been done before. The best practices from other organizations or sectors are likely not applicable. Six, in the implementation of the solution, we know that there will be a high degree of coordination required between multiple players including both internal and external players. Seventh, we suspect that there'll be no commitment or willingness to adopt the proposed solution and that there'll be resistance to move away from the status quo. Eighth, we may not have sufficient resources or skills to implement the proposed solution. And nine, we know that we need innovative and creative solutions since many standard options have already been tried without any success. So those would all be examples that you are facing the need to solve a complex problem. So here's my challenge for you this week. When you see yourself engaged in a conversation or when you see a problem, ensure that you take time to identify what the problem is and whether it is a simple, complicated, complex, or chaotic problem. If it is a simple problem, you can likely ask Google to find you the answer. If it is a complicated problem, you can likely ask experts or maybe even ChatGPT's OpenAI platform to help you out. If it is a complex problem, Start by sharing your perspective of the problem with others and solicit their feedback. Refrain from proposing any solutions until there is common and shared understanding of the problem. And if it is a chaotic problem, start by identifying the end state and start experimenting with quick actions to limit the negative impacts of the situation. Okay, now, this is it for this week's podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, or if you have a different perspective to share, send me an email at curiosity at butterflytheories.org. For the transcript of the show, or to sign up to my newsletter, visit 
www.butterflytheories.org. Remember, if you found this episode helpful and think someone else might benefit from listening, please share them a link. And don't forget to follow the show to stay informed as new episodes are released. Stay open and curious, my friends. It is the only way to lead in complexity.